0: where else would you rather be than right here right now for bills fans Let's go by bills fans
1: only buffalo is going to win it
0: this is the buffalo bills draft house podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones this place is pandemonium here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn
1: And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones with you. As the Bills look to bounce back and get healthy, they get set to head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens this weekend. How are your thoughts on on Sunday, Alex? I mean, it, it was just kind of frustrating because it felt like the Bills were on the cusp of doing so many great things and... I mean, ultimately just weren't able to find the end zone um, enough. I mean, a, a variety of, I hate to say, it, but they shot themselves in the foot. Uh, it felt like throughout the game, it, it had to be tough just watching guys go out dry and guys getting dehydrated. I mean, the offensive line, everyone was dropping like flies. Uh, I, this was a game, I think, where who would have thought the elements got the best of the Bills in this one?
2: Yeah, I, I think it was Brad. It, you said it the best though—that the Bills shot themselves in the foot. Um, you know, this this feels like—I had a coach tell me one time—they didn't win the game. We lost the game, and that's what it felt like. Yeah. Honestly, it felt like the Bills didn't win the game, or didn't—the uh, Dolphins didn't win the game. The Bills lost the game.
1: Well. I mean, it, it was just tough to see this team go out there and, you know, put on, you know, a, a lot of uh, a lot of offense here, a lot of long, sustained drives. They really kept Miami off the field, but, uh, you know, whether it was McKenzie, wide open and the ball skips to him, Gabe Davis couldn't haul it in, uh, Matt Milano nearly had a pick six he, he didn't connect on. There were so many opportunities in this one, and it, they just couldn't take advantage. As you said, Alex, here, uh, they did not win this one
2: no and it was it was the bills had in the game the youngest uh most affordable secondary in the nfl um and i i thought they played well you know there was positives to take away from it but there were some inopportune things i i think earlier in the game too teron johnson has the shot at a pick six uh he broke up that screen pass and if you just Turned and looked and found the ball rather than worry about the man he catches that ball in stride and there is no um Jaquan Johnson had to pick on the goal line if he plays it right so there there's a lot of ifs and buts in this um but it's just sort of one of those times you got to move on you move on to Baltimore our next one is Baltimore let's move on to Baltimore
1: one thing we didn't have a chance to talk about, Alex, because the news broke Saturday, but Micah Hyde with a neck injury out for the season. It's a pretty big blow, but I think, you know, Jaquan Johnson makes me feel good with him coming in, but then, lo and behold, everyone else is going out right now. Christian Benford, who looked promising through a couple weeks here, he's out with a hand injury. We're not sure if is going to play again this week. I mean, just hampered by, by injuries, and yet I... Th- as you said, Alex, I really think the defense held their own in this one.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, a Greg Rousseau. I think uh, I was looking uh, some stats earlier. He's looking monstrous. Greg Rousseau had a had a thirty percent win rate this week. That was the best in the NFL through through three weeks. Hmm. So I, I think it's you have Vaughn Miller made a huge play on the goal line that led to the safety. You know, there are a lot of pieces. It was just like. It's just one or two pieces that are um, missing or that are injured that aren't there um, that the Bills really can't do without um, or that sort of turned that game that would be game from either a blowout or a, um, a blowout into the game we saw.
1: Well, this is the Draft House Sports Podcast here the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, if you will, at DHS Buffalo, at TW Callahan DHS, at Bills Bruiser, facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. Uh, Coming up, too, on the podcast tonight, we're going to be joined by Josh Murr. He's of the Caw, a Ravens podcast, as we'll cross enemy lines to get a preview here on baltimore this weekend but looking back here on the dolphin game it was disappointing uh but the one thing that kind of blew up after the game was uh when they showed ken dorsey's reaction i was kind of frustrated the game ended i just walked away i didn't look at anything i didn't watch anything so i didn't actually see the video until monday it didn't bother me in the slightest i I thought it was more comical in fact the coaches around him were all emotionless and didn't react either when he just went uh berserk if you will but uh didn't bother me. I, I thought it was amusing more than
2: anything. Uh, I Yeah, I agree, Brad. I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, if that is something that bothered you, you really need to... First off, as, as a football coach, I've never related to something more than I saw there. Yeah. Um, You know, just, just coaching the game, there are those moments where you're literally, like, going to tear your hair out because... Just because of everything. Like, every... In that moment, Ken Dorsey saw every missed opportunity, every call he should have made, everything he thought of all game. That's what he saw in that moment. And so it's one of those things where it made, A, made him it was extremely relatable, but also B, he was a guy, like B, it showed that he cared incredibly deeply about it.
1: Now, it's funny, you know, living here in Buffalo this week, I've heard a lot about, you know, "Ah, there's no run game, Josh Allen was their leading rusher, this and that. And, you know, Alex, you said it very so eloquently last week, you don't care if they ever rush the ball at all. I, I mean, and I'm of that mindset too. Let Josh throw it for 400 yards a game. Let him throw it 60 sometimes. That's fine. Whatever it takes to win at this point here. It's going to take time, I think, but uh, right now, the offensive line wasn't healthy in that one. Without a healthy offensive line, it's tough to get the ground game going. I think it was more on the line than it was in the running backs on this game.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I, I think it's the offensive line has been doing no favors in the run game at all this year. Um, at, they really haven't looked good once. So it's one of those things where... The run game and the run game coordinator has got to figure it out. You know Our offensive line coach, everybody's got to work together to figure this out because there were a few times this preseason the Bills looked like they were ripping off runs. There's a few plays this year that they've bounced some big runs on, and it's just figuring out, hey, what do we need to do to open that up? What do we need to do to make that more consistent rather than just something that happens once in a while?
1: All right, I alluded to the injury bug earlier here, but one man we really missed in this one was Mitch Morris in this one. Van Roten under center, and we saw the blunders. We saw, you know, kind of the bobbled snap before halftime, uh, whatever happened in the end. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that made a big difference. That not having Mitch Morris in this game that was definitely something in the favor of the Miami Dolphins.
2: I'm going to be honest, Brad. When Van Roten went down in the fourth, and Greg Mance came in uh, off the practice squad, he was one of the men he was one of the ones elevated for this week. Yeah. I I noticed a huge difference. I, I thought Greg Mance looked significantly better
1: than than, Van Roten, than Van
2: Roten. Yeah. And I and I think that's one of those that you you now need to have like a, an actual evaluation of like do we do we actually cut Van Roten <laughs> to because you do have other positions of need. Like do you cut Van Roten? Do you you know what's Figure out what's going on there. Does Josh like Greg Vance? What what's the uh, what's the uh, you know analysis there? So it, the Bills are in one of the most I think one of the most injured teams in the NFL at the moment. Um, I mean it's the NFL and everybody's injured, but it seems like the Bills have had a, lo- a lot of early season injuries. Tommy Doyle's done for the year. Uh, Micah Hyde being done for the year really hurts this defense just because. Whenever you lose one of the top five players of their position, of course it's going to hurt.
1: Let's run the injury list right now. Uh, and this is going through, uh, through the Bills, at least through uh, today, which is Thursday here at Oliver, limited in practice. Dawson Knox, limited. Uh, Jordan Phillips, I think he'll be out for this one. Did not practice two days in a row this week. Uh, limited participant here for Poyer Bates. Um, Benford didn't practice. We already know he's going to be out for a couple weeks here, uh, with a fracture in his hand, Gabe Davis downgraded, did not practice today. That, that kind of hurts because, uh, I don't know if, uh, Jake Kummerow is going to play. Uh, he hasn't practiced at all this week. Uh, Dane Jackson has been limited. That's promising news. Actually full participant, at least Deion Dawkins. So we got some good news there. Um, Mitch he, was, Morris, he was
2: sick. Yeah. He was sick yesterday. Yeah.
1: Uh, Mitch Morris has been back here and limited uh, in practice there. And then uh, Justin Murray, who we recently added to the uh, practice squad here, or to the squad, uh, he's uh, been limited through a couple practices this week. So, I mean, that's a lengthy, lengthy injury report. And uh, right now, um, you know, if, if we can get Ed Oliver out there, I'm less concerned without having Jordan Phillips. It would be nice to have him in this one, but I think we need Add O in that middle here because he he has looked like a machine until he went down with an injury in that second half uh, against the Rams. So having him back, I think that would be huge for this Bills defense.
2: Yeah, having Ed back is huge. Having Poyer back is also
1: oh big time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
2: Poyer is going to be with Lamar Jackson is going to be that big, is going to be that big, uh, the big nickel in the box who can kind of run as a linebacker. Yeah. So I, I think having him back is going to be a, a bit of a game changer. Not only that, it's going to be a stabilizing presence on the back end. We'll see if we'll see if Xavier Rhodes gets the. It, it wouldn't shock me if they bring him in, um, but it, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see.
1: Xavier Rhodes coming in here, having played for Leslie Fraser when he was the coach of the Vikings, also played for the Colts, a multiple-time Pro Bowler. So I think breaking uh picking up a veteran like that, definitely big something they, they absolutely had to do this week. Uh, so I'm curious if he's actually gonna dress in this one and possibly even hit the field.
2: It it will it will be I feel like I say I feel like I'm broken record, Brad, but it'll be interesting to <laughs> You know, it, I think he might be enough of a vet where if he can get in the playbook, um, he can be helped out. If if Poyer, I think if Poyer's playing, I think Rhodes is playing. But if Poyer's not playing, I do not, I would not expect Rhodes playing. The reason why is Poyer being out there as a captain can quickly communicate those calls to, um, Two roads and kind of get him where he needs to be.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: If is not out there, I, I don't see I don't expect it, it's more important for somebody to know their calls while they're out there. So they'll probably elevate somebody like Ingram, who knows the defense well.
1: All right, looking at the Ravens injury report who they played this uh weekend here at one o'clock kickoff in Baltimore. Uh two players that have not practiced this week. Outside linebacker Justin Houston and Patrick Merkel have not uh, practiced at all this week. Other than that, pretty light in the injury report there. So, uh, I mean, they're going to face a challenge this week. As they have before, Lamar Jackson is tough. And, uh, you know, as the season's shown this year, he's getting better in the pocket. And it's going to be a tough test, especially with the injury bug here. I think if the offense can go ahead and finish drives and find the end zone this week, they can win this game, but they need a good showing from the offense.
2: Yeah, they definitely do. I think, I mean, the Bills did everything but score last week on offense. Josh really had the ball at will. He was throwing the ball around. And a lot of the incompletions came from drops. They just came from um, guys missing the ball. So it, it's one of those things where if the offense just keeps moving like they do and people have been putting up points on this Ravens defense um last week the Patriots put up 28 The week before that Miami put up
1: 42
2: um I forget who they played week one but they also put up um
1: oh why can't I remember the Jets and uh yeah but the Jets only put up nine
2: yeah the Jets put up not many but it was a Joe Flacco let it Jets offense, which is a sad sentence to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, the fact that that guy's even in the league anymore is uh, I don't know preponderous <laughs> in itself. It here is.
2: it is. It is the it is truly shows um, how far people can go on name value.
1: Eighteen percent chance of rain in this one. Sixty-seven degrees. Wow, that's got to feel night and day different here for uh, for this Bills team going to the Baltimore.
2: I think the percentage of rain is going to be higher because of the tail end of Ian yeah, um, Baltimore. So I think probably it's probably going to be a muddy run fest this week.
1: As of right now here on a Thursday night, according to the National Weather Service, a high of 67 with partly cloudy skies. But like you said, Alex, that could very well change due to Hurricane Ian right now. Uh, thoughts and prayers to with everyone down there on any of the affected states, whether it be Florida, the Carolinas are going to get hit shortly here. So if you are in those territories, our, our thoughts go out to you this week, and uh, we hope you stay safe during this weather. Uh, if you need a place to go, I'm not saying you can come in my house here, but there is uh, places to stay here in western New York.
2: There are. There's. A, I mean, it's also they have um, – contact the local Red Cross and other organizations who are working on helping people get shelter at this time
1: alright well we're going to take a quick break here on the other side here we're going to go ahead and cross enemy lines when I uh, will sit down here with Josh Murr he is of The Call a Baltimore Ravens podcast that's on the other side of a break along with Alex Jones I'm Brad the Brizzer and this is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast
0: Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Eichhorn and Alex Jones.
1: Welcome back to the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast, Brad, the bruiser, right corner alongside Alex Jones, as we now welcome in Josh Murray. He's one of the co-hosts of the Con, a Baltimore Ravens podcast. Josh, thanks so much for joining us here. Pre bills Ravens weekend.
3: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate the invite. Looking forward to talking up this matchup and, uh, Break in over a few tables with Bill's Mafia. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> two, two two
1: and one teams going at it this weekend. Uh, how, how are you guys feeling here going into this week uh, four matchup?
3: You have to say, you know, given that the last two games that each team has had, you have to feel confident being Ravens, right? But there's a big but, <laughs> but the pass defense. Um, we've seen what they can do, we've seen what they didn't do against Miami and close up the game. Um, obviously Miami just uh, beat you guys on, on last Sunday. So, um, obviously we share that common interest. We took an L to the dolphins. So, um, I I'm a little concerned, I should say about, you know, stopping Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and keeping a lid on that. Um, that's going to be the key to the game right there in the matchup. And then obviously your key is to stop LJ, um, cause he's just balling right now. So, um, that's, that's kind of what I see. So, I mean, I'm confident, but I'm also concerned. As we have Lamar, but we also have a shaky pass defense that hasn't been... It's given up a lot of pass yards this year, and it's, it's, it's concerning here. So we're, we're lucky and blessed to be 2-1, I guess.
1: Josh Murr, our guest here from the call, a Baltimore Ravens podcast as the Bills take on the Ravens uh, coming up this weekend in Baltimore. All right, so you mentioned Lamar Jackson, a guy who's having a really good season. I love him, uh, especially in my money league fantasy football. So uh, he's crushing it for me this year. However... You know, we've seen when they've matched up against the Bills, it seems like Leslie Frazier has had a good game plan for him. How do you think it changes this time around? We haven't faced you since the divisional round back in 2021. Talk about this matchup and what has changed going into this week four here, a team without, you know, Hollywood Brown.
3: Well, I think the dynamic has changed drastically since, you know, I think each team hasn't you know been the same since then um and obviously you've added pieces ravens have added pieces but right you just mentioned hollywood brown you know we don't have hollywood brown and i feel like the ravens have been just fine in the three games you've seen it i mean um the apart from bill belichick's game plan of taking rashad bateman out of the game um you see what bateman can do he's the long deep threat he in the first two games he had two long touchdown passes um and, and and lamar's definitely progressed um you know you look at his progression i mean obviously he's put on some pounds you know he's definitely become a better player. He's outpacing his twenty nineteen MVP year in the first three weeks. I know it's a small window and a snapshot of that, but he is doing that. You know he is the NFL leading passer right now, to you know, touchdown wise, um, and it's no secret. And you know I think, and if you if you actually just look at the blitzing. Um, you know, he's, he's matured in that in his game plan, uh, to, in approaching that he's first in the league and, and ranked in the first in the NFL against the blitz this year, as far as passing numbers are concerned. So, um, you know, you, you take what the bills, uh, can do good defensively, especially with that additional Von Miller and that defensive front and we have some offensive line issues on our own and, and the Ravens are hoping to have Ronnie Stanley back in play. He practiced for the first time at a full participant practice this week. So we're hoping to gain alignment uh, in Ronnie Stanley. Uh, but you know, that, that's, that's the X factor there. I mean, you know, and you know, the reg- first regular season game was all the way back in 2018 when these two guys met head to head or these two teams as well. Um, obviously the Ravens getting the better of that, but that was so long ago. It was early in Lamar and Josh Allen's career respectively. And, you know, they met again in the 2020 playoffs and it didn't work out too well. So, um, I think, it, I think redemption's in order, but also these are two teams that kind of mirror themselves. They have an, a great all pro quarterback and a, a, a game plan that could certainly do well and, and a good shootout here.
1: Josh, Murray, our guest here from the call. Talking Baltimore Ravens here as they get set to take on the Bills. Of course, a home game for the Ravens in this one here. Let's talk about the offensive line here. Buffalo has, according to Next Gen Stats, one of the best pass rushes in the NFL without blitzing. Von Miller, a major reason for that. Uh, You know, we've seen Greg Rousseau emerge here going into year two, and then you know guys like Ed Oliver. You know, playing in a contract year, they can give you know offensive fronts a lot of fits they did it to the rams they did it to the titans um talk about this matchup and why it should be different here or what you expect out of the offensive line here for the ravens
3: well they're gonna have their hands full and and i think different because like you said von miller's the x-factor on the defensive front for the bills um it's going to be a tough time for the ravens and i like the test that they're going up against this early in the season um you know i feel like if you look at the Baltimore Ravens schedule, up and down, um obviously Buccaneers and Tom Brady reeling right now. Even though the two and one, we know you know Tom and that receiving core has had some struggles there. But if you look at the Ravens schedule, I feel like the Bills are the probably the Ravens' best opponent in regular season this year, um, and it's going to be an early test. And th- this offensive line, you know, uh, in talking amongst some friends in, in, in Ravensland here, um, there are some concern on that offensive line of, of putting. Uh, to stop to that pass rush, especially since the Bills you alluded to are good at blitzing without, you know, pushing the whole package to the quarterback, right? They're they're good with blitzing just the four down linemen. So, and Von Miller's leading the charge, and that was uh, a solid addition on their front. And I know you guys just added somebody on the back end today, right? Xavier Rhodes, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to help with the secondaries. I know you're banged up there. Um, so, th- there is going to be a little chess match, uh, and they're definitely watching the trenches as, as Lamar's under center for the Ravens uh, when they possess the ball to see how the Ravens can stop that scheme. Um, yeah, I feel like the line is is bolstered enough up to the test, but i still rather have Ronnie Stanley there now.
1: How about this running attack here? We know a big part of it, of course, is Lamar Jackson. There should be zero doubt about that. But, you know, uh, we're waiting for a guy like J.K. Dobbins to emerge, uh, but he's been hurt throughout the season here. Uh, really banged up. I know he's been limited in practice this week. Can we expect Mm -hmm. Dobbins to become a factor in this game?
3: You know, what? great question. Um, My gut answer is I hope so. (laughs) My real (laughs) answer, but uh, especially for fantasy sake. Right. But uh, in reality, I just don't know. I mean, he apparently it was new news to me to learn. He was limited because he had a chest injury. And I'm like, where did that come from? But I was expecting him to be on a limited snap count coming back against the Patriots. That was correct. Um, and I expect more of the same. Um, I think the Ravens might give him a little bit more work now that, now that he was limited in practice with that chest injury, since it's new news um, we're here Wednesday evening of the week. I know the injury report is, is slowly starting to come out itself for these So i like to see where Dobbins lands. I know he's officially changed from healthy. The questionable officially on the, on the injury report, Um, I expect his snap count to be maybe, I would expect 12 to 15. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the full workload yet, even though he is clear to play football. Um, I just don't know the Ravens are going to throw him out there and and throw him in that full-time role, still letting him get up to speed a little bit. Um, But with that being said, I know we were critical here on Justice Hill early in the year with the rushing attack with Lamar really dominating that. But Justice Hill on Sunday um, against the Patriots proved very, very well. He had a few great runs and a good vision on a few with cutbacks and finding the right holes and, and, and his following his blockers and finding those lanes. I, I was really impressed with Justice Hill, So I think the rushing attack is certainly going to get a boost, especially if J.K.'s back there. Um, we know what Lamar can do in, in those time runs. So I think, that yeah, we definitely want J.K. to get it, but I still would anticipate him being on that snap count, not getting that full load at all.
1: Josh Moore, our guest, he is of the Con, a Baltimore Ravens podcast. Happy joining us here on the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. All right, with receiving here for the Ravens, I don't think we could have this discussion without mentioning Mark Andrews, a guy who was, you know, came out same uh, same year as uh, uh, your fine young quarterback here, who uh, I, I think Lamar Jackson and him have had a good relationship. How important has that development been over the years, especially leading into this week for a matchup?
3: Oh, it's been vital, and it's no secret. If you look at the numbers, right? I mean, you know, Andrews came off a two touchdown performance on Sunday himself. Um, he's definitely emerged as the number one target for Lamar. Um, and, and given given, right? So, I mean, I know the Ravens had the technical number one in Hollywood as well. Uh, Hollywood Marquise Brown, obviously leaving the Arizona for the trade. Um, this offseason and, and now the emergence of Rashad Beatman so I feel like with Lamar being a rookie and being thrust into the scene early um, obviously he had Hayden Hurst early in his career and Mark Andrews out of the same draft class obviously Hayden Hurst going back to memory caught that long touchdown pass against the Bills uh, a few years ago so um, now I feel like when when young quarterbacks enter the league I've always felt that tight end was that security blanket coming out you know we, we always talk in fantasy ranks right is when you have a backup or a rookie in there or a sophomore, even um, you, you want to tend to flock to the tight ends more because that's their security blanket, that, and the running backs out of the backfield to dump it off, you know, cause they, they might not be confident throwing it down the field yet. So um, I think early on that helped Lamar, you know, build the rapport, especially not be able to push the ball down the field. Cause obviously running was his, you know, first go-to skills we've seen out of the box. Um, and, you know, he had to develop in that more polished passes we've seen in 2019, uh, in his MVP year, so um, you know, and now with the emergence of Rashad Bateman being a true number one, Lamar trusting guys more, but yeah, it all started with the building blocks with Mark Andrews, and you know, it's no secret. You look at you know, you look at even Mahomes and Kelsey connection. You know, back back in the day with uh, Joe Flacco in the day with Ravens, you know, he had Dennis Pitta there as well um, before his his injury shortened his career. So if anything, you have to always equate that success, and then you look at even Tom Brady, right, Rob Gronkowski. So I feel like. With one, If you have a good quarterback or even a lead quarterback, look for the tight end because he's making plays on the same team.
1: Very good point here. Josh Moore, our guest from the call. All right, Josh, if the Ravens were to win this game, why?
3: Solely on the shoulders of number eight, and I think Lamar would do what he's been doing all along um, on the offensive side of the ball and just balling out. Um, and the other key factor on that would be, as the defense proved on Sunday, um Putting the Miami loss behind them in that debacle, I think they rise to the occasion and step up in the fourth quarter and really put a lid uh, on what Stephon Days can do and really limit his ability to do some damage in the passing game. If they were to
1: lose this game, why?
3: Not blocking with the pass rush. And I think the pass rush gets to the Ravens and they put a lid on that. Um, and I think the other part would be the counterpoint to the passing. I think Josh Allen would have a field day against this pass defense. Um, and, and Stefan Diggs and him go off, and we just can't contain them. and they do, they do what Tua and the Dolphins did. They just shred us apart. Final question
1: here for you, Josh. As a Bills fan, I'm ultimately curious, what does it feel like to root for and cover a franchise that has won, not one, but multiple Super Bowls?
3: <sighs> that you know, It's actually a blessing um, for franchises that haven't, and the fan bases that haven't had tasted that glory, it, it's a blessing. And I feel very lucky, um, you know, being from Baltimore, I was born three years after the Orioles won their last World Series. So I haven't seen that. So for me, seeing two Super Bowl titles in my lifetime, um, it's been very special to be a part of that. Um, and it's something you don't take for granted, being a sports fan. You know, you you root hard as a child and as an adult, you know, hardcore, right? You go to games, you spend the money, Uh, and and you want to see your team reach that final destination of of winning it all. And and unfortunately for you guys, you know, in in the Kelly days, getting there four straight times and losing it, couldn't imagine the agony. You know, I I mean, as Ravens, obviously we've been there twice and not losing it. No, we were close, obviously, in 47, but we held held on that final drive. But, uh, you know, I don't know what it's like, so I I certainly – you know, feel for a fan base like that, you know, and putting myself in that position. Like, I, I don't know how, Hey, I get mad when they lose a the playoff game, let alone Bowl. So I don't know. Uh, and I get upset as well. So I don't know how it would be to lose that. So yeah, I definitely cherish it and uh, you know, don't take it for granted. And I never, I never, you know, I, I don't, I don't use it as a weapon. Like, you know, how fan are right. The six rings from Pittsburgh, oh we got this or we got that? Like, Hey, you know, yeah, we got the two, um, but it, it you got to take it in a stride, and we're very blessed that you know with the franchise that we have here moved, and the whole history about that to have two championships and multiple Hall of Famers right now is special.
1: Josh, want to thank you again for joining our podcast tonight. Tell our listeners where can they find the call, how can they listen, how can they follow you and your team on social media?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So again, we can follow us on the Call Facebook page. You can search the Call Podcast on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube, Stitcher Radio, uh, Player.fm, Overcast. We're out there on uh, Google Play and as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us there. You can also find us on Discord as well. Now, will call uh, the, the Discord podcast out there on the Discord. So we're, we, we just added Discord this year as a new platform, so we're certainly excited about that. Josh,
1: thanks again for joining us. Uh, you have an open invitation to come up to Buffalo and uh, dive on some tables with us.
3: I would love to. I've always wanted to be a part of that and the festivities. I know I've seen it when Bills fans join us down here for some tailgates, and you guys have been fun and gracious. And, you know, it's, it's a good friendly rivalry, but I always love it when Bills Mafia comes down here. And uh, we look forward to hopefully going up there uh, for maybe uh, a playoff game or who knows what might happen in the future, maybe in the regular season next time. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Josh, thanks again
1: for joining us.
3: You're welcome. Thanks, guys.
1: Bills getting set to take on the Ravens at one o'clock kickoff from m and Bank Stadium in Baltimore. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a timeout on the other side of a break. We'll uh, give our final thoughts here on this week four matchup. Bills-Ravens coming up, uh, 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast.
0: Get jump, get jump, get jump, get jump. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn
1: and Alex Jones. And welcome back to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones as we get set. Baltimore Bills. Set to do battle there coming up this weekend from uh, M&T Bank Stadium there in Baltimore. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough test this week here. Uh, we have, uh, you know, the NFL MVP from just a couple of years ago uh, going against a guy who's vying for the MVP here in Josh Allen. Um, just from a quarterback standpoint alone, this one should be particularly fun for both sides this weekend.
2: Yeah, honestly, the most interesting thing, and I've seen a few tweets to this regard, it's shocking this game isn't in prime time or at least even the 4 o'clock. It is really shocking that this is the 1 o'clock game this week. Um, and Miami, you could have said at least like, well, before the season, Miami wasn't that exciting of a team. So it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you, it's one of those things where it's like, how is this not a more prominent game? This is a one o'clock when, if you, let's check the uh, primetime games this week. I don't, I don't think of anything that was that interesting. You know, Brad, I don't, I don't remember seeing anything on the plate that wowed me. And I, I just don't understand how you have two preseason predictable NV candidates on, um, on the going against each other and it's not so chiefs boxes the sunday night and then rams 49ers is the monday night to me that just doesn't make much sense yeah. i don't know maybe no. maybe maybe i'm in the minority but bump rams niners and play two mvp candidates against each other
1: would have been nice especially an extra day rest that would have been nice as well but uh Regardless, it is a 1 o'clock kickoff for the Bills and Ravens, televised on CBS. Ian Eagle and Charles Davis on the call on that one. And, uh, you know, one of my more favorite broadcast duels. I don't know. I miss Dan Fouts quite a bit, but I enjoy Charles Davis. I like his commentary on the Madden video games as of late. Um, So, no, I think this is a good duo here, and I'm looking forward to the broadcast. But, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know how much of this one I'm going to be able to watch. I am going to Michigan for a radio reunion for my old high school radio station. So I'm going to be listening to uh, the Bills broadcast probably in the drive-in, and I'll just probably keep the broadcast going if I make it home before games end. Uh,
2: I got to tell you, Brad, talking about broadcast teams, oh my gosh, that was the – Trent Green last week was unbearable. He literally – it was just in – every time we get him on the call, he's atrocious. Yep, And I think he's one of those quarterbacks who's had one too many concussions where it's like, hey, Trent, you shouldn't be in the booth, buddy. You, you just shouldn't be in the booth.
1: See, I figured he was going to be terrible. That's why we listened to the radio broadcast. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather listen to the radio broadcast a couple seconds behind the TV than listen to Trent Green.
2: Uh, yeah, that was a smart decision on your part, Brad.
1: All right. What scares you the most about this Ravens team this weekend, Alex?
2: It's Lamar Jackson. It is. It is. It is just. It starts and ends with him. Everything starts and ends with Lamar Jackson. Um, he is an MVP caliber quarterback. Anybody who tells you different is a liar or possibly has some prejudice issues to talk about. Um, he. He is just. You. Undeniably that guy. And as another team with a young polarizing, exciting quarterback. You you literally just you can't deny anything other than the fact that Lamar Jackson's a young
1: It's been noted that he stepped up as a passer, so do you think they could even do the old adage of make him be a passer in this one? I'd say seal the edges, make him stand in the pocket, make him throw the football.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, that's sort of the... It's kind of the game plan. Like, I feel like he and Josh have similar, like, game plans, but also both have been defeating that game plan. So I I think that what you got to do is you just need to, you need to get pressure on him early and often. And when you get pressure, it needs to get home. You can't, you can't lose contain. You can't lose that because he's going to sit there and pass the ball. The thing is about watching. I've watched a few of the Ravens games through Red Zone. A lot of their passing attacks are longer developing routes, so there's a chance to get to Lamar. That's why Lamar is so good, is because he can. Um, sorry, I'm watching the I'm watching the Thursday night game. Yeah, well, I am as two well. Has just got, two has just got two has just got knocked out. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> under center right now. All right, wow.
2: He just got knocked out so bad, Brad, that his his hands stiffened, which also makes you really question, hey, was Tua concussed last week and now it's a concussion? Like, that is – that is – it is – that was incredibly scary, but it's one of those things, Brad, where, um, you know, nothing's guaranteed in the NFL. So, I think that you also are – you so anyways back to this it, it, you gotta hem in lamar jackson but you also can't once he is once he's hemmed in. you got to finish him you can't let him sneak out um and so i, I think that's gonna be the key is finishing pressure if you're on him you can't let go you can't let him juke you out you gotta that's where he makes his money is that he gets away that second getaway you know that 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 ability to keep the play alive and find and with his legs, find holes in the defense, and find receivers open. You just can't let him work. And if you can make him feel uncomfortable early and often, that's going to be make you successful.
1: I'm sorry, Alex. I can't look away here. Uh, I feel terrible for Tua. I mean, that was a gruesome hit he just took.
2: It, Brad, that was one of those that, like, just sticks with you. It, it, it was the, the 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 modern camera angles. Also, I think that's why for the longest time, you like when I was younger watching NFL films, you'd see the huge hit where a guy got knocked out. You're like, that's amazing, but because it was like in the grainiest film where you couldn't really see. Yeah, having 1080i 4K quality of two his fingers literally frozen because he just got knocked unconscious so hard. That, that makes it resonate with you.
1: Yeah, it makes it real. Very scary. But
2: on the way I think, Brad, the Bills are going to beat the Ravens, you've got to put up points early and often. That was their biggest issue last week was they weren't scoring. Yep. And if Bills started converting on those drives early and often, that puts the Dolphins in a horrible spot. Eliminate the turnovers. Josh's fumble last week led to a straight to a touchdown. Yep. You can't. Eliminate the turnovers. and Force some, um, too. How about that? Yeah, and force some. So that that is going to be the biggest thing.
1: And, and and that was one of the things I pointed out that, you know, I think hindered this defense. I thought the defense held their own pretty well here, but they didn't force a single turnover in that one, and that could have been the difference maker as well. There's a 100%. lot of things that could have been,
2: though. 100%.
1: All right, Bills-Ravens coming up, a 1 o'clock kickoff from M&T Bank Stadium there in Baltimore, uh, where uh, probably going to be weather affected from the hurricane. But luckily, it won't be like it was, you know, 90 degrees, 80% humidity. Um, No misters for the Bills because the Dolphins opted not to use them. Uh, Yeah, I think the elements hopefully should be a little more in favor of the Bills this weekend.
2: Yeah, 100%, Brad. Although with the rain, um, it, it, it'll be a little bit tougher. But that's it's scary stuff, too, is getting loaded on the backboard right now. It's, it's not good. They're going to commercial.
1: Reported um, out this but, week, too, uh, Tavon Austin uh, getting reps on the practice squad, uh, playing the role of uh, Lamar Jackson so they can try to practice with that speed. I, I like how they did. They did it la- uh, last time with Isaiah McKenzie.
2: Yeah, it, it's always interesting finding the guys who can help you emulate those things.
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry if you had more to say there, Alex.
2: No, no, no. That was that was it. it it's just uh, – I'm going to be honest, Brad. It's like the Dane Jackson injury on Monday night. Um, seeing those types of injuries really – it throws the damper on everything. You know, even just as a fan, it really makes you – not question, but it, it just makes you appreciate the sacrifice players are making by putting their bodies on the line and won't playing a game so we can watch it.
1: All right. Well, however you may be listening, we're at the point in the game right now with the stretchers out on the field and uh, they haven't even moved them off yet. I mean, scary stuff for, for two up there in Cincinnati. Um, And I was going to put this out on Twitter. I hadn't yet watching this game, but Alex, you're probably too young. The white helmets with the the white uniform. It it looks like there's a snow GI Joe action figure they made. Uh, when I was a little kid in the early 90s, that's what these uniforms remind me of.
2: No, I know the one you're talking about. It's the all white with like the black yeah. camo. Yep,
1: yep, yep. The Arctic one. So it's it's striped just like it. I feel like they look like Arctic G.I. Joe.
2: We used to go down to New York City for um, every Christmas to to go down and enjoy the city during the holidays. Mm-hmm. And Africa Schwartz had all of those G.I. Joes in like cases Got it. in like an entire hallway. So I... I That was always one of my favorites to see.
1: All right. Final thoughts here. What will make the Bills winners in this game this week, Alex?
2: Win the turnover battle, score. That's it.
1: Yeah. Pretty simple uh, solution here. I mean, Josh Allen, if he's not looking like an MVP, then I don't know what he looks like right now. I know. I. Bills-Ravens coming up this week, and hope you have a chance to go ahead and enjoy it there. We'll look forward to recapping that and uh, looking forward to the Bills game with Kansas City. One thing to point out, after this week, Alex, the Bills could uh, activate Trey White off IR. That doesn't mean he'll necessarily play right away, but it means that he can start practicing. I'm curious if that's something we're talking about happening this time next week.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Brett. I expect him back after the bike. That's when I'd expect him back.
1: That Yeah, that's when I'd see him playing, but uh, I, I bet I wouldn't be shocked if they pull him off IR, um, so at least he could play that week, because if not, I yeah. think it's another four weeks.
2: Yeah, I, I'd expect them to pull him off, but I think he'll ramp up to it.
1: Well, yeah, we just need him at 100%, and he's a guy that we're going to need down the stretch. Imagine if Trey was out there last weekend. That would have completely changed the tide in this ballgame.
2: It would. It would, Brad.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in here to the Buffalo Bills Drafthouse podcast. Don't forget, check us out online. Drafthousesports.com at DHS, Buffalo at TW Callahan, DHS at Bills Bruiser, Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft, Draft House. Big thanks to our guest this week, Josh Murr of the Con, a Baltimore Ravens podcast. That's gonna do it for this week. Look forward to this one again. Bills Ravens at one o'clock kickoff coming up from Baltimore this weekend. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast.
0: This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast in our
2: street media production.